This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome back to Tort Talk with Terrence Gross. He is the person who is the expert. He uh, he's actually is an expert. He's board certified. We talked about that in the last episode, if you remember. And so he's the person who's going to be able to tell you about all the legal stuff that you're going to want to know. I am Paul Stadden. I'm the guy who asks him questions. I also own the microphone, so it's kind of convenient that way. Welcome to the show, Terrence. Glad to be here. Well, glad to be talking to you. This is something I find fascinating, the idea of the statute of limitations. So I think... Most people are kind of familiar with the basic idea of the statute of limitations. If you've seen enough movies where you're like, oh, it's been too long since he committed the crime. We can't prosecute him or something like that. Um, but what exactly is the statute of limitations, especially here in Florida? Well, it's funny. If you were to interview a young lawyer that just passed the Florida bar, he just passed the exam, and every lawyer that just passed the exam, they just are not only filled with glee, but they think they know everything. So that young lawyer would proudly say, I know the answer to that, Paul. Okay. I'll give it to you. It's four years. All right. So would he be right? Would that lawyer be right by telling you that the statute of limitations for injuries in Florida is four years? Would he be right? The answer is yes, but maybe no. Oh, okay. Why is it possibly no? Because with every rule, there's many exceptions, and the same is true with the statute of limitations on injury cases. So most injury cases, it is true, the statute is four years. But if we talked before about the Wrongful Death Act, I forgot to mention that a few shows ago, but with the Wrongful Death Act, another thing about the Wrongful Death Act is they reduce the statute of limitations to two years. So if you don't file a lawsuit within two years, you are barred from making a claim. And I'll tell you a quick story. Please do. Uh, There is another lawyer in town about my age that does more criminal defense and does family law, but every now and then will send me a personal injury case. And he likes to try to settle himself if he can first, and when he can't, then he comes to me. So he comes to us and it's about... He comes with this wrongful death case is about a year and 10 months old. And he goes, I tried to settle. I can't. I know it's getting old. I know, you know, uh, I'm coming a little early because I know it's four years. And we go, uh-uh, it's two years. If you don't file a lawsuit within two months, there is no claim. He turned white. He turned white. I mean, I thought he was going to go throw up in our bushes. So uh, because he about blew it and thankfully got to us in time where we filed the lawsuit and thereby told the statute of limitations. And so once you file a lawsuit, that stops the statute of limitations. So you don't have to go to court within four years. You have to file the trigger to stopping a statute of limitations is the filing of a lawsuit. But you also make must make sure that you have all the right defendants. If you miss a defendant, and there's sometimes there's multiple defendants, there may be a less obvious defendant. So there's all kinds of traps out there for the unwary. Uh, another horrible story was there was another local lawyer, and it was a case where a sheriff's deputy had caused the wreck and injured the person. They go to court. They're in the courtroom with the judge, with the jury. And all of a sudden, the defense counsel after opening argument, says, Judge, 
I got a motion I'd like to make outside the presence of the jury. The jury is relieved temporarily, and he goes, Judge, this lawyer here never filed the statutory sovereign immunity notice that is required to be filed within three years. Wasn't done. It's now been over four years since this accident. Even though he filed a lawsuit, he never filed the statutory required notice for the sovereign immunity statute. Therefore, I'm asking you to dismiss the case. The other lawyer didn't even know what he was talking about because he wasn't a regular personal injury lawyer. He was a general practitioner trying to trying to pursue an injury case, and the judge dismissed the case right in front of his client. Oh. Uh, so he blew the statute of limitations because under the sovereign immunity, anytime you sue the sheriff's department, I just finished suing the property appraiser because one of their people rear-ended my client oh, at a red light driving a property appraiser vehicle. And uh, But you have to give a special notice on a special form to the entity that you think's at fault, and it has to be done within three years of the accident. So anytime we get a sovereign immunity case, that's the first thing I do. Uh, it could be two weeks after the wreck. I'm getting the, those notices out. Right. There's no reason to dilly-dally. And we do it by certified mail, return receipt requested. So we have proof that we did that. So just just examples. So I'm a big believer of uh, you know this jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. So I don't dabble in criminal law or, or family law. I know a little bit about that stuff, but I'll leave it to the experts. I have chosen to be an expert in personal injury, so I know it and live and breathe it. I would never attempt to do something outside my area. But people, a lot of other lawyers that don't do much personal injury always want to do it because they think there's maybe money to be had. Mm. But there's a lot of minefields out there, including the statute of limitations. Fair enough. So, But there's other things about the statute of limitations that could uh, um, happen. If if the uh, defendant's insurance company goes into receivership, it happens it reduces the statute of limitations to one year since the filing of the notice of receivership. And we see this a lot with hurricane uh, insurance. In fact, I just got canceled uh, by my company. It, it's, it's canceling 6,000 policies in the state of Florida because it's going into receivership right before hurricane season. So what if I had a claim? You would have to file suit within uh, one year of the date of the notice of the receivership. So again, just another trap. So people think it's, you know, four years. Contracts are five years. So if you have uninsured motorist, which relates to a car wreck, you actually have a five-year statute of limitations for uninsured motorist if it's a Florida policy. But here's the biggest trap. I'm gonna And, and I would tell you 75%, I bet you, the lawyers in Pensacola don't realize this or know this. And it's this. Is what if you're representing a tourist? Because we're a tourist okay. state, right? Pensacola Beach? Yeah. People come from where? Georgia? Louisiana? Mississippi? They have a car wreck here. They're in a car wreck here in Florida. So it's a Florida case. So what if the defendant who caused the wreck has a hundred thousand limit. Many don't think the case is worth that much, but all of a sudden your client ends up in surgery. Three years has gone by and you go to your client's coverage from Louisiana. Guess what? The statute of limitations for UM uninsured motorist in Louisiana is two years. Oh, no. 
And if it's three years later, you've waived a claim. It's a hidden, uninsured motorist statute of limitations trap. People, you got to think, where is my insurance coming from? And we represent a lot of -of out-of-town policies because we have so many tourists, and these tourists have wrecks like anybody else, but their state law is going to apply. So the uh, with Georgia, I think the statute of limitations for um, uh, uninsured motorists in Georgia may be two years. So it's much shorter than Florida's five years. So that's the first thing I do. We always interview the people. We want to know not only where the accident happened, what state did it happen in, but what is the state of our client's insurance policy? That is a very big question to ask. I bet you most lawyers miss it. And uh, it, it, it's scary. Man. Well, then what can you do? Like, let's go back to the example of the, <clears throat> the guy who was trying to uh, represent the client where the judge just had to throw it out. What do you do in that situation? Is there any recourse? I mean, okay, the lawyer misses the statute of limitations. Are there any other options? Yes, absolutely. Oh, yes. Okay, good. That's not, not, what I was, not what I was expecting you to say. I got great news <laughs> oh, for, for God, that I person. Like so if the person came to me, if that person that was sitting and they told me the whole story, I was sitting in trial, the judge dismissed the case right in front of me because my lawyer failed to file some form and they said statute of limitations. Can you give me advice, Mr. Gross? And I'd say, yes, you got a great case still. What do you mean I got a great case? The, the judge said the statute of limitations ran. How could I still have a case? Because you no longer have a car wreck case. You have a legal malpractice. Everybody thinks about medical malpractice. There's such a thing as legal malpractice. And can you hear that? Knocking on the wood. There. Knocking on the wood. We hadn't had one at Gross and Schuster. Don't want one. But yes, that great case that that lawyer thought he had is still great, but it may be a legal malpractice because that's exactly what it is. And they can make a legal malpractice case against that lawyer for ah. blowing a statute of limitations. So it's great news for the client. Not so great news for the lawyer, but then the lawyer should have known what he was doing anyway. You don't get in over your head in a situation like that, I suppose. I would think so. I would think so. And again, if you needed orthopedic surgery on your elbow, would you go to your wife's gynecologist for surgery? I, I Sorry, no. But They're very pe- nice. I, I know. Nice doctor, good doctor, nice. great gynecologist. Your wife loves her, but I wouldn't let her operate on my elbow. Well, but people think, well, he's a lawyer. He must know everything. Well, lawyers are specialists too. Right. And, and, and there are general practitioners out there, and that's fine. And then maybe they could do a basic will. Maybe they could do a basic landlord-tenant act case or a basic easy misdemeanor criminal case. But, but when you get into the field of personal injury, there's so many statutes. There's so many choices to make. Do I do this or do I do that? Uh, and it's just a trap for the unwary. Mm. Well, people need to avoid traps. And you know what they really need to do is need to talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. So how can people talk to you, Terrence, if they want to? Well, they could listen to this blog, but if they wanted to find out more information, they can call us at our phone number, which is 850-434-3333, or visit us on the web at grossenschuster.com. Oh, thank you so much, Terrence. Now, listen, the statute of limitations on listening to these episodes is uh, never going to run out, thankfully, because as long as the internet exists, these episodes are going to be around. But 
I do want to talk about next time unfair statutes. Well, I want to talk about it. Really, you want to talk about it. You give me notes, and I make sure that I bring up the right things for the episodes because people need to know this good stuff, and you know the good stuff to tell people. Terrence, thank you so much for talking this time about statute limitations. Next time, let's talk about unfair statutes. Fantastic. <laughs>